Welcome back, everybody. This is Mario Ashley with the Look Good, Feel Good podcast. I'm not with my right-hand man today, but I thought I'd put this podcast out because it's been something that's on my mind. And as athletes, one of the most of the things that we consistently are thinking about is results, right? That at high-caliber professional athletes, we are results-driven. In a lot of sport, I've said this over and over the last few weeks, that sport by nature is inherently a zero-sum game. And in politics, what that means is that for for the actual relationship of that to exist, there has to be a winner and there has to be a loser. And that's what makes it a competition, that there has to be risk involved. And as athletes, we... We're always looking for best case scenario and best case scenario and sport is simply defined by the winner and the loser. Who's taking first and who's not taking first. And in training, what happens is that will sometimes dilute itself in training, meaning that sometimes we are focusing more on the outcome than we are on the action. And this is a idea proposed by Marcus Aurelius and I bet people way before him that if we spend too much time and attention in the outcome we don't give the necessary respect that the action the thing that starts and begins everything that we do that that the discipline by definition is the day-to-day habits that we form as athletes and in training some of that stuff is already built in in CrossFit it's built in group training has that inherently built in that we've taken a lot of that um, that necessary obligation away from you you don't have to worry about what body parts you're going to train you don't have to worry whether you're doing it right or wrong you don't uh, even have to think about most often you know the inconsistency of the training because in group training we offer group classes at certain days and times and on average these people are showing up or around the same days and times every week. So we're taking all those things out of the way. They naturally form and build a habit. Show up. Let's do the work. And the other component of that is the nutrition and the net beautiful cycle of training at high intensity is you can't get away performing well when you eat like crap. In other programs, you could get away with it when I believe the less intense the less intense um, a program is, the less requirement there is to eat based on your training goals. Because when you fix more and more rest into training protocols, you uh, you reduce the risk of uh, lack of nutritional components affecting performance but at high intensity in a demanding program 
everything has to be on point that athletes don't diet and exercise they train and eat and it's that philosophy that we take into nutrition that we take into training and that net cycle of all that is what produces healthy habits but going to my initial idea here is that I want to propose that we start looking at things a little bit differently that the process as we sell is the action and that if we are taking a consistent daily action that we talk about as discipline that the outcome has to have a positive net effect that we are moving the needle in the right direction and sometimes I think that um, the data trying to be the best and always win because of this idea of competition day in and day out is not conducive to the overall outcome. I really hope this is making sense because to do this well and as long as I have, I can't always think about winning. Right, my my joke to my members is that um, you know as well as I perform, I still consider myself in retirement mode. Meaning, I'm not signing up for local competitions. I'm not uh, following any type of diet or macros for it by by any measure. Um, I train consistently well to keep consistent results. Right. Sometimes that does require to input data. To compare it against past performances that we use that data especially with clients to ensure that one that what they are doing is working they used to do it here and now the number is higher this was their speed when they did that and now it's faster this was how they performed the exercise then and this is how much better they perform it now these are quantitative measures that we can prove and that is necessary component for individuals paying $150 a month to train and I think it's it's the right choice long term because we're, we're trying to sell incremental growth and on average right if you were to quantify data in a 30-year cycle that on average there is a linear progression there is improvement on average that doesn't mean that every week you come into train for the next 30 years is going to be an improvement that's not realistic and is not physiologically how adaptation occurs there are uh, stagnations there are uh, moments where we have to take a step back to take 10 steps forward this is all part of the process and as coaches we have to educate individuals on that process, right? That that the patience of taking those actions are still keeping us in the right direction. Had a conversation with a family member that, you know, got me into CrossFit or helped me provide the environment to keep doing CrossFit after I graduated from college. And she was drinking the Kool-Aid with me and she was doing so good and then for some reason she just stopped and you know 10 years later almost she's coming back into it terribly out of shape and in the back of my head I'm just thinking damn it you know like what if they just 
not that they maintain that hardcore drinking the Kool-Aid, right? That's the motivation that I think dies down and it comes up and it comes down. It's like a roller coaster. But if she just would have stayed on it through the discipline and just keeping taking action, doing CrossFit two to three days a week, consistently eating healthy enough not to gain 40, 50 pounds that she'd gained in the last 10 years, we wouldn't be in the same boat again. And that, you know, it, you know, I feel like a little bit was my fault. Maybe I didn't help her along the way, you know, um, and so I'm in the, this conversation with her again, which is like, okay, we've done this right before. Let's do this right again. Remembering what happened that took us away from it, right? So that we're not trying to pretend we're going to the CrossFit games or that we're, you know, we need it just after a nine year hiatus, you're going to come in and do five days a week of CrossFit again. Like that's not going to happen. Let's respect the journey through action. That is consistent. That will, if you keep doing it, will produce results. And that's, you know, ultimately like if you want to think like an athlete, you have to think about the end goal. And the end goal is just not trying to win every workout, not trying to tick every lift ironically on average if you think about the action and you are consistent and you are disciplined these numbers will consistently consistently on average go up for example i was training this week at open gym and one of the workouts um, called for a heavy squat snatch and i don't lift a lot or enough to really put enough pressure on myself to lift massive loads but as I started to warm up slowly and got it to fill my body, I felt good. I felt different. And as I slowly progressed, it took me almost an hour to do the squat snatch. And I just kept thinking of certain points of the snatch that I wanted to place all my attention on that day. And the weight just kept going up. And up, I was at 165, then I went to 185 and 95. I jumped up to 205, I hit 215, I hit 225, and I hadn't hit that in six years. And I never trained the snatch. But it wasn't because like I was at the gym and I saw a score on the board that said 225 and in my head as I'm training the squat snatch all I'm thinking about is all this pressure to snatch 225 it wasn't even in my mind because I was being realistic and two looking back I was just thinking about the action I was thinking about how fast can I move that bar how quick could I get it to the sweet spot um, ensuring that I was taking ample amount of rest I was focused on the action and the beauty and the irony of that was it produced the positive outcome above any expectation I had for that day. And, you know, it's something that I want to continue to remind myself. I want to remind my athletes is that if we have to focus on one, let's focus on the action. Like when you're in the workout, focus on the action right the the you can tell a beginner athlete or a beginner in a group training program by the 
the nonverbal cues that they display in the middle of a workout. Absolutely across the room, you can see it. The beginner will place themselves in a defeated posture well before the workout is even over. That if you can read their minds, the words in their head are, this sucks. I can't do this. I want to stop now. What the hell am I doing here? Absolutely one or more of those words are going through their mind. Vice of this, an advanced individual, an individual that understands that the action in the moment about being present is by far the most important part. What those individuals are thinking is get one more. Take three big breaths before you pick the bar back up. You're the shit. You got this. It is an absolutely different mindset that they are taking into a session, into a training, and into their ultimately, ultimately into their life. How good is to be a badass in the gym and be soft in the real world? It serves no purpose that our idea is that we can use this thing called CrossFit or group training or boot camp, whatever style that you have that requires massive physical exertion and help you become a better person. Coming into the gym three months later, losing 40 pounds, getting an eight pack and becoming a douchebag defeated the purpose. And that ultimately comes through really respecting the qualities that physical exertion, the way that we do it, produces outside of those four walls, outside of that warehouse. And that's hard. It, it's really hard because I, I think I had another conversation with a client today about this kind of disconnect between how they psychologically treat high intensity training and how they treat their lives under high stress. And for example, the individual was talking about a friend that was massively wealthy and well off and that the individual really didn't have to work anymore if they didn't want to, but they work anyways because they enjoy the process. They enjoy what it involves but they are severely out of shape. And those kind of individuals perplex me because the skill required to be massively wealthy is the exact skill to be massively fit. It's identical. High levels of discipline, high levels of self-awareness, high levels of understanding the skill, high uh, networks of people that challenge you and push you. These are all the same attributes. But unfortunately for this individual, there is a disconnect between high levels of success in business and high levels of success in fitness. And I believe that for me, those are one of the things that I want to leave 
a legacy about. I want to leave a thought about, which is, man, like Mario didn't teach me how to exercise. It's fruitless. That, that idea in itself is fruitless. It serves no purpose. It doesn't excite me. I use this model of exercise and fitness because I am naturally gifted at it. I, it, it comes to me and I'm grateful. I'm absolutely grateful for that opportunity that I got my, I got my first muscle up on my first try. I had 20 handstand pushups on my first try. I had 50 double unders on my first try. I snatched 150 on my first try. I weighed 140 pounds at the time. Those things came natural to me. And so what I recognized is I wanted to take that talent to help educate people that didn't have that natural talent in the same manner as somebody could teach me how to uh, become a better student or to write grammatically correct because it wasn't a skill I didn't have. And as I got into fitness and I saw and I exposed myself to more and more clients and I got more and more experience, I realized that there was just a disconnect, that this thing is a skill that requires, that has, that requires a high learning curve, but done well, done consistently with the right people, you can see massive, massive success and that that disconnect for me is that we just have to understand and break those skill sets down and ultimately that starts with action that regardless of what you're trying to do you have to take action like if you want to be a dj you don't you, you don't just think about oh man like all i want to do is you know go on stage at Coachella and do the DJ. No, you don't think about that. You think about how do I learn how to become a great DJ? How do I learn to do that? What does that involve? What uh, type of mixers are out there? What type of equipment are out there? What are the current skill sets required to do that well? That is the action. And do that really well every single day and you will get there. It's, it's not, it's not the outcome that you should put all your energy in. Those things come naturally. People say it all the time. Like the, the success wasn't like, you didn't wake up and have that outcome. You didn't wake up and have everything you wanted. It was the pursuit of that, right? It, I didn't just like end up in a gym for nine years and have all that equipment there. I was working out of, out of my sister's garage. I was, I was focused on the action. I take every friend that would listen to me, work out with me, be my guinea pig. And I was, I was honing in on my craft. I was thinking about how do I, how do I coach the kettlebell swing? Or how would I instruct the double under to somebody who's never even jumped a rope? And I was working out the kinks. So that as things started to grow, I was ready for it. I was ready for that opportunity for success. And um, it's, it's what I take into everyday life. It's how I took in uh, getting my master's degree. It's how I, uh, I set myself up to buy my first house after getting denied three different times in four years. Is that I took action. I recognized what was required to do things well, and I kept taking action. 
and it's it's what I um, it's my thesis today. It's my it's my encouragement to you is that as you're thinking about what's going on in your own life, is that are you so entrenched on the outcome or the fear of the outcome that you're not just um, putting your energy and focus on the action. Marcus Aurelius, he has a, a great saying. He says that, um, that uh, how does it go? He says, basically that there are things that we can control and there are things that we can't control. And the things that we can control are the things that we should put all our energy in. That's the action. But the things that we can't control is the outcome. You cannot control the outcome. You can do everything in your right mind as hard as you want and you still might not get to the outcome that you had visualized or proposed. Would you be okay with that? That I can work out every day of my life, eat right, and still get a heart attack. That's the outcome. That I can grind 14 hours like they tell you to do and do all this stuff and you might not ever make enough money to buy a house. Are you okay with that? Like, what's most important by far is that you put in the time every single day. You control the things that you can't control by massive, consistent action not really well for a week and take a week off come back do it well a week and take two weeks off is what you do do consistently well you will see amazing results you'll see amazing outcomes but stick to the action stick to controlling what you can control and let the rest fall let the outcome fall as it will thanks for listening